Yiffy Torrens. Did you go to a furry site, Lee? It's it's not there are not two F's in that, so Is that the furry cut of How dare you insinuate that I download illegally on a recorded line? Yes. That the FBI is listening to right now. I'm sorry, I have FBI bugs all over my laptop. I'm gonna smash your phone. I'm gonna come into your room and just yeah, smash your computer. (laughs) Pull it up a tiny piece of metal and be like, look! Look what you did! They were bugging you. Honestly, you could, and I would have been like, sure. Just hold up a USB flash. Like, <laughs> you fool. <laughs> May I see that? Did you, no. Did you ever see that? Do you remember how, like, North Korea was offering, like, free USB fans <laughs> to all the journalists? Yeah. What? Like, the, North Korea was trying to spy on people. Right. So they offered free USB fans that were definitely not filled but, with but spyware. You never seen like a, like a fan that plugs into a USB port? Like it's a little fan. Oh, got you. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Definitely not going to install software onto your computer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Plug them right in, fellas. Yep. Uh, North Korea sometimes reads like a black comedy satire about a dictatorship than anything else. Yeah. And then sometimes it's a, a horrible <laughs> human rights violation. Yeah. yeah. And welcome to another episode of Why Did We Watch This? The podcast where three friends sit down with a themed cocktail to watch a troubled movie and discuss what worked, what didn't, and how they would each fix it. I am Chris A. Ravel. I'm Brendan B. Drischler. I'm Lee C. Delahanty. A, B, C. Let's go. Keep it tight. (laughs) And there's... No possible way you could guess what movie we were doing based on our nicknames. There's no possible way for me to guess while watching the movie what that meant. (laughs) But we did uh, The International, uh, starring Clive Owen and Naomi Watts, and then a bunch of European people, really. Mm -hmm. I mean... A bunch of Europe's... Some Europe's. Some Europe's. Those are some high-class Europe's. Yeah. Um, That's what I say when I go to the museum. Um... Yeah, so it was, uh, it's a movie about, about banks. It's Banks are bad. Banks are bad. Capitalism is, is uh, bad. Well, what, what year was this made? 2009. 2009. So it maybe came the, out at the eve of the, like, financial, not yeah. eve, the onset of, like, So, you know, financial. that was a revelation back then. Yeah. Um, but before we get into what this movie is about, Brendan, what did we drink tonight? Well, Chris, we drank some fucking justice. <laughs> And that was made of two ounces of tea. What did we use? What kind of tea was it called? It was Red Refresh. Red from, Refresh. Uh, Trader, Joe's. Trader Joe's. It's like a hibiscus. Yeah, it's like tea. a fruity tea. It's like a zinger. Yeah, a zinger. Tea. It was a real zinger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one ounce of vodka, half an ounce of Cointreau, <laughs> half an ounce of lime juice, half an ounce of white cranberry juice. So it's kind of like a Cosmo, but not quite like a Cosmo. It yeah. was fucking delicious. It does have, I guess, enough alcohol in it, but it doesn't yeah. feel like you're drinking a lot when you drink no, it. No, it doesn't. Um, it, it's, it's just very light and fruity, so yeah. it's probably one of those dangerous drinks. Yeah. That, you know, if we had like three of them or something, it would be in a much worse situation. You know what? So right light now. and flirty. It would. Fruity. Like Chris, light and fruity. Yeah. I'm, like I'm, Al. I mean, at this, <laughs> at this point, I'm, I'm like heavy and fruity, but uh, I think. I think, feel like you could make... I mean, like, lighten the loafers, Chris. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you know I, what I mean, honey. <laughs> Spill that oh, tea. Fresh. Would you listen to her? <laughs> uh, but I feel like uh, you could 
make like a punch bowl of this. You can make a pitcher. It's good. I think it would be great for summer, which we are currently experiencing. Yeah, it's mm. great because it's really fucking hot and muggy out today. So it's nice that we had a very light, icy drink. I think tea-based drinks are very good for the summertime. So mm -hmm. I'm glad we did one of those. And I'm glad this time around it did not overpower everything else yes. in it with just water, which right. was what our problem was last time we did a tea-based cocktail. Yes. So success. Success. We did it. Good job. Um, so now that we know what we drank... What Lee, did we stank? Lee, what did, <laughs> what we, did we stank? What did we stank? <laughs> well, guys, it's, uh, it's luckily, much like Louis Salinger on his, uh, walkabout, <laughs> he kept it tight with a summary, yes. so. <sighs> this movie is about Louis Salinger, an Interpol detective, <laughs> and Eleanor Whitman, an assistant district attorney from Manhattan. They're investigating the International Bank of Business and Credit, IBBC, which funds activities such as money laundering, terrorism, arms trading... And the destabilization of governments. <laughs> All those things concept. we hold near and dear to our hearts. Um, <laughs> Salinger's and Whitman's investigation takes them from Berlin to Milan, where the IBBC assassinates Umberto Calvini, who's an arms manufacturer who's also an Italian prime ministerial candidate. The bank's assassin diverts suspicion to a local assassin with political connections who was promptly killed by a corrupt policeman. Salinger and Whitman get a lead on the second assassin, but the corrupt policeman shows up again and orders them out of the country. At the airport, they are able to check the security camera footage for clues on the whereabouts of the bank's assassin and follow the suspect to New York City. In New York, Salinger and Whitman are met by two New York police uh, NYPD detectives. I'm not going to say the full name. Iggy Ornelas and Bernie Ward. I didn't know they had names. <laughs> she uh, identified them by their surnames. That's Okay. <laughs> Who have a photograph of the assassin's face when he arrived at the New York airport. Salinger, Ornelas, and Ward locate Dr. Isaacson, to whose practice the assassin's leg brace has been traced. <laughs> That's a sentence. That's Wait a mouth. Very Yoda-y. They found the assassin and follow him. They find the assassin and follow him to the Guggenheim Museum. Uh, Jonas Scarson, the chairman of the IBBC, reveals to his senior men, White and Wexler, that the bank had Calvini killed so that they could deal with his sons to buy missile guidance systems in which the bank has invested. Since the bank knows that Salinger and Whitman are close to finding their assassin, they send a hit team to kill him at a meeting between him and his handler, Wexler. Mm. Uh, didn't know that. I didn't quite either. Wix Wexler leaves and is arrested by Ornelas. As Salinger speaks to the assassin, a shootout at the Guggenheim erupts when a number of gunmen attempt to kill them with automatic weapons. They escape, but the assassin is mortally wounded. In interrogation, Wexler, a former Stasi colonel, explains to Salinger that the IBBC is practically untouchable because of its utility to terrorist organizations, drug cartels, all of those things that we talked about up above. Yeah. Um, even if he succeeds in bringing the IBBC down, there are hundreds of other banks which will replace them. If Salinger wants justice, he needs to go outside the system, and Wexler indicates a willingness to help. Salinger persuades Whitman to let him go on alone. In Italy, Salinger tells the Calvini brothers of the IBBC's responsibility for their father's murder, prompting them to cancel the deal with the bank and have White killed. Salinger then accompanies Wexler to Istanbul, where Skarzen is buying the crucial components from their only other manufacturer. Salinger attempts to record the conversation so that he can obstruct the deal by proving to the buyers that the missiles will be useless, but he ultimately fails. Both Wexler and Skarzen are then killed by a hitman contracted by Enzo and Mario Calvini, the sons, to avenge their father's murder by the bank. Salinger is left stunned. His investigation, pursuit, and determination to bring down the IBBC have led to nothing. Uh, during the closing credits, it is indicated that the bank is successfully continuing with its operations despite the death of its chairman, as Skarsen had predicted Salinger before he was killed. However, with the new and more aggressive chairman, it is hinted that the IBBC's increased expansion and aggression will ultimately lead to its downfall, as shown by the last panel, 
revealing that the beginning there are beginnings of a U.S. investigation headed by Whitman. A, that last paragraph is utter bullshit. A, yeah. a unsatisfying end to a well, meandering, confusing, boring movie. Okay, so not wrong. Okay, so. What I was going to start off by saying is we established in the past mini-episode that none of us had seen this movie before we suggested watching it. I didn't think it was that bad. It's not bad. It's boring. I think it's boring. I think it's a little slow. I don't think it's a terrible movie. I don't think it's terrible. I just... I think that there are good bones to the mystery. I didn't enjoy it, is what I'll say. It's not what I wanted it to be. It's not a movie that I would probably watch on my own, but, like, watching this, I was just sort of like, eh, you know? Yeah. I'm okay with this. And I was. I have problems. I'm okay with it. I have a few issues, but I don't think it's nearly as, like, long, boring, and meandering as you're making it out to be, is what I'm saying. I... Well, okay, I found it personally to be long, boring, and meandering, and I feel like the bits that worked are kind of floating. I mean, again, it's, I I don't mean to overstate it, it's not like it's an actively really terrible movie, at least not in my opinion. It's, I just think it's slow and confusing, and it doesn't really hold my interest for long periods of time. So the question that I have, actually, is something I was thinking of when I was listening to Lee read the synopsis. Mm -hmm. So let's assume that at the point in the movie where he's talking to Naomi Watts when they're in that, I don't know. Safe house? Yeah, (laughs) safe house or whatever the hell it is. When he tells tells her that he's the bridge you burn. That's right. like, walk right. away from her. When, when he tells her that, like, she's got a split and she yeah, can't yeah, be involved yeah, yeah. anymore because she has a family, blah, blah, blah. So if at that point he had done nothing, if he just decided to stay in New York, how would the movie have ended any differently? Nothing. It wouldn't have. Yeah. At that point... Well, maybe... The, I think the only difference, I guess, would well, have been... Well, no one would... Scarson no one wouldn't have been killed... No one would have oh, tipped off. Would have been anyway. No, no one would have tipped off the brothers, the sons. Oh, good point. So that, that's what he does is tip off the sons. Right. So, but I mean, like, still, had he not gone to, he could Europe. have just tipped off the sons. Period. Yeah. And like, then it would have happened. Yeah. So, so, like, what I'm saying is, like, really, it feels to me that everything he does at the end is all for naught, and not in a sort of like the system is working against me kind of way. In the in sense a way of, that like, like these two idiot. Kids wanted revenge. Right, and they fixed everything. Yeah. So, like, they came, they were the ones who came in. They were the ones who hired a guy to kill the head of the bank. Yeah. So, like, what did he really well, do? Well, fix. They didn't do much. The yeah, thing is, they're not... Did, fix it. They kind yeah. of broke it. Like, he wanted... What he wanted out of it was for the bank to collapse. That was their goal. Right. But what they didn't predict was that these Italian, like, arms dealers' sons were, we're just gonna going to, like, moves. make personal vendetta things against them. So, like, their personal vendetta of, like... An eye for an eye just got in the way of justice in that case. I suppose, but at the end, he was ready to shoot the guy, too. Yeah. So it's just sort of like... I think that was just because he'd, he'd already blown his chance to record, because they're in the cave, he got caught. And I think that, again, it's not done well. There's not, there's not enough time to really process it, but I think that he's like, senses that he has no other recourse because he failed to get the evidence he needed. I it, guess. Like it says in that, in that summary, he tries and fails. And fails. Record. I mean, because, like... I've seen people online talk about how the ending of Raiders of the Lost Ark, how, like, if Indiana, like, just let the Nazis take the Ark, everything would have unfolded the exact same way because they would just take it to that island, open it, and then they all would have died. Then Indy could have just, like, gone in by boat and been like, yoink, and stepped away with it. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, this for me is really, like, I think the most egregious example of, like, if a character had simply done nothing, everything would have still gone over in pretty much the same way. I don't know that it would have, though, because I don't think that, like... It depends. I, I, the one like, thing you would have to do would still be tipping off. You'd have to yeah. tip off. As long as he tipped off the suns. That's, the, that's the one key thing. Him going to Istanbul is, you're right. There are a number of smarter the, things he could have done to destabilize. If the goal was to go to the justice system 
and make sure that this deal doesn't happen. There are multiple ways they could have made that deal fall through. Right. Tipping off the brothers was only one possible method of doing that. So, Correct. like, yes. there. I do think that it's, like, a weird course of action, but I don't, I don't think that he does, that if he did nothing, that it would have ended the same way. Because he had to do something. He had to... He had to either set Wexler free and let Wexler take the bank down from the inside, or he had to go and help and they had Didn't to do something. Didn't Wexler also imply that they were both going to be killed unless they were, like, somehow left that building? No. Because he, he said at one point, they're like, they will quietly dispose of us and then nothing's going I to mean, happen. I mean, I think he just means, like, in general, at some point in the future. I don't think he literally means, like, the building's going to Oh, I took that as more immediate. No, I didn't mean that, but I, I took that more immediately, like, the... Like their people are going to descend. I mean, I would, I, I, yeah, I do think that like Salinger was under threat. I mean, he already had he Wexler himself hired an assassin to kill Salinger. Right, they were already aware of the fact that Salinger was getting too close to this. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was just, just par for the course. So, the this that he was getting too close to is a good start for talking about the stakes of yeah. this story and this so, plot. It's the IBBC. This is, uh, this is where I get so confused about this movie. So, like, there's the, the, they're a bank. They're one bank. And it is based off of an actual scandal that happened in the 80s. Right. We found out. Um, where there was an actual bank that was doing several similar things. And so it's... A big it, one. They essentially just rearranged the the same words to create a different name. Yeah. The, the BBCI. Yeah. yeah. like the real one or the, something. The, yeah. the, the, the real one was the, uh, the bank of... It was yeah. It was the BCCI instead of the IBBC. Yeah, it's a very similar sounding name, and they basically did similar stuff where they were like funding terrorists, but also right. like governments illegally and like weapons, doing, arms, yeah, and, like were, laundering money and doing yeah, all kinds of things. They like, were like defrauding. They were yeah. doing a lot of shit. And like where I get really confused is like Salinger is extremely driven to get to the bottom of this thing, and like it's very like I. On a surface level, I get, like, yes, this they were doing crimes. You want to stop people doing crimes. But, like, there's no part in the movie where we see anything that connects the bank to doing something truly evil. Mm-hmm. And so it just feels like a bunch of white-collar criminals. Well, there, there's a lot of tell-don't show happening here. Yeah, it's a lot it's of, like, like, we're talking about trading missiles. And right. The about... most we ever really see is at one point, like, this one general from Africa comes in and he talks about how, like, he wants to do business with the bank for his revolutionary freedom front and, like, yeah. they'll help him get better weapons. And then we see, like, a news report later on of, like, them basically, like, starting, like, a military junta in Africa or something, like, running through the streets with there guns. There needed yeah. to be more of that because otherwise it feels like a lot of the things the bank is doing is just sort of existing in a vacuum yeah. and that it's never connected to our world in a way that makes us, that really punches home, these are villains, these are people who are making the world a worse place. Right. Yeah. Um, I think if they had showed us any of the things they talked about kind of beyond just that African general, like given us maybe two other like visual well, what examples. I'm saying, what I'm thinking is that with all the international glow popping that goes on in this movie, why not go to one of those third world countries for something? Yeah. Why yeah. does the plot not demand that you It's go for there? a movie that seems to have a message about like the impact of evil banks on like third world countries. Like they don't seem to give a shit about third world countries <laughs> yeah. in the movie. No. It's all in the abstract. They're dealing yeah. with the abstract, which is difficult to use as a threat because when you're fighting against abstracts, you don't really have like this visual thing yeah. that you can but look then, on in a movie. And then further than that, like it's also like the CIA has stuff in this bank and like right. that's like I wanted them to like maybe lean into that uh, beyond that indication a little more because that was an interesting little wrinkle. That's muddy. Like, so like, I, I just feel like it's, it's weird to set up this bank as like, maybe they're like, maybe taking this bank down is actually not going to play out so well 
maybe it's great that like there won't be thunder from the crunches, but maybe you're also disrupting like vital operations that are like going to destabilize like right like be like innocent lives or whatever and so like i don't know it's very confusing the way that they're saying like well everyone's involved and like <laughs> right and i mean, just gonna because then like the problem that you have when you say everyone is involved is that you move beyond like well this is not about the bank and this becomes about like the globe this becomes about like the entire planet so now like the entire planet is like the right. villain it's like a yeah. global conspiracy tying into this bank so it, it's becoming so nebulous to the point that like by the end, when the banker who he's going to shoot says, like, if you kill me, someone will take my place, you're just kind of like, well, yeah, they will. They like, will. Yeah. Well, because you kind of realize by that point, you're like, the true villain is capitalism. Right. And capitalism you is... You can't, like, shoot capitalism. It's not yeah. a tangible villain. Right. Yeah. Which, so... Fair. Fair point. <laughs> it's an extremely fair point. I'm not going to argue. That was actually one part where I was like, I see where the movie is reaching for a message that I personally do feel to be vital. I mean, we should all, all be talking about how capitalism and it's like bad effects on our world. But in the con in the Someone's con a socialist. In the context of that movie, you're right, you can't shoot capitalism. Well, I, so it really just does feel like he's just like kind of taking the barest tip off the iceberg. A little bit. I mean, the issue is, too, is that it comes in within, like, the third act of the movie. Yeah. So, like, to, to, like, in the third act, all of a sudden be like, yeah. actually, it's this other abstract, bigger thing that we've never really addressed previously. And there are like other, like, ang there are other things they talk about. Like, the reason that Salinger is a little... I mean, maybe. I'm just guessing. But, like, they at least talk about Salinger investing in this bank for a long time. And, like, when he was doing it as a, as a Scotland Yard investigator... Yeah. That there was, like, a witness whose family all got killed as a result of his failure to, like, carry through the investigation. He feels, like, probably some guilt about that. So, like, yeah, I guess, like, you could, that's one... But, it, again, it's something that is alluded to from the past. It's not seen in the movie. And we see the bank kill a bunch of people, but essentially everyone that they kill are just, like, different shades of assholes. And, like, <laughs> it's true. It's like they kill, like, a, a prime minister candidate who also makes guns. And who knows who knows what kind of... I mean, like, that's is. the weird thing, too, is, like, I feel like I don't know anything about this prime minister candidate. Like, yeah. what are his political views? Like, what right. does he, Like, what, what would happen to Italy if he became the, like, prime minister of Italy? Yeah. Like, is this a bad it thing? It sounds like they killed I, an Italian Trump guy, and that's probably fine. That's, yeah, you know what? Hey... <laughs> But it, it does seem to imply, I guess, on, like, yeah. I guess that's the way we don't really know about his politics, because as far as the movie concerned, it doesn't matter. We're supposed to be shocked that this bank would stoop to political assassination right. simply to secure a more Unmarked, advantageous yeah. deal. No, that's true. But also, so, but the other thing about that guy is, though, is he's, like, not, if not outright cooperating with... He's willing to flip, he's like, he, he, like. he, like, sits them down and is like, well, actually, the bank's involved in these things, and I know this because I'm involved with the bank. And so, like, he he does give them a lot of vital information. So, like, is he, like, a, like is, is he a far-right person? Is he somewhere know. in the middle? Like, no like Again, so it's hard to sort of, like, know what to feel when this guy gets shot. I, yeah, I like, guess what the movie fails to deliver for me is, like, I want a clear idea of who the villains are and a clear idea of what they have done. I also felt like I, well, it was, and I'm sure the there was like frustration for Clive Owen's character in this regard. There was in the movie, but I was personally frustrated as a viewer. I was like, so they're Interpol, and they're investigating this stuff, but they can't do anything about it. Utterly, and we talked about like, yeah, we talked about this because I I thought and I could be mistaken again that Interpol can't actually do anything. So what happens? They just, like, Interpol just, just like just investigates like and then and like, they just refer it and then to just a like local points it yeah to like whoever because I'm sure that there's just a lot of red tape and Interpol is just like some sort of like middle person to move it along. From yeah, country I mean, to country. so I, I again I'm not the one to ask about this, but I do think it is perhaps possible but that Interpol Brendan, can't do anything. Are you an Interpol expert, Chris? That's you're why you're supposed to say this live on air. Sorry, oops. The other thing. Did you read my file? The other thing that. 
The other thing this movie yeah, lacks... They, they let me into your secure files area. <laughs> the other thing this movie lacks with the villains is, like... I don't know, they don't... They, they just seem like it's their job. Like, it's just, right. there's no, like... Which, it's not compelling well, to me. Well, like, yeah, I mean, the, the, I think that one of the issues with, like, the villains that you do see is they're all just sort of cogs in the system. You don't get yeah. a real feel for, like... There, there is one guy who you know is the head of the bank because he's established as the head of the bank, yeah. which is the guy and who gets shot in the end. he doesn't seem, like, evil or, or... He doesn't have much of a personality Well, no, because, like, the only real thing you get from him is the one scene where he's playing Go with his kid, which yeah. is, like, the closest you get to, like, learning anything about him as a character. Because yeah. the only villain who you really learn anything about is the Russian guy who turns out to, like, literally kind of defect. Yeah. So it's, like, the rest of them are just sort of anonymous European white guys. I also just... What is the... <laughs> The goal I feel like it was never clearly money, defined for the. I know, but that's. It, I almost want to look at this, and I feel like it's not enough. I don't See, think it I, is either. It's in a one pair. In a one point, <laughs> someone's going to tell me, like out there in the world, if not one of you guys, that like, well, that's the point. The capitalism is it's like all it is is about making money, and that's why it's bad. But yeah, it's like but I don't know. It's still a movie, and I want a character it, to be compelling. It feels thin, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I just want a character is, to have think, a more personal I think the point stake. is that they should be ramping up to something. Yeah, there should be a thing that they are about to get involved a in that they've never thing. gotten involved in before. And if they achieve this goal, things will be incrementally like, worse. Like yeah. for example, in the real scandal where they had acquired like a, a dominant interest in yes. like one of the like US banks or yes. something like that's a thing right. like now we control perhaps the US they, yeah, perhaps, they, perhaps they've armed like a foreign country with yeah. some sort of nuclear weapon who never had a nuclear weapon before like but now so they, like the game has changed for everyone yeah it's it's it. I, I think that's something I kept waiting for to happen in this movie for that kind of moment to come along but it it's doesn't just about the stupid missile and deal it, it kind of feels like we just stay on this one level and there's no there's never like a heightening there's not a heightening, there's a widening. Yeah, yeah it just gets like more. Oh, now there's just like such a way to put yeah. that. Yes. Um, we kind of got into this a little bit talking about Clive Owen's character. Uh, Lee, you were kind of mentioning like it would be nice if we understood more about exactly, why yeah. he's like so on this bank's ass. So I feel like that's a good a good part to kind of get into like the characters and the weird sketchiness of yeah. their past. Should we talk about the opening and how yeah. confusing it is? So yes. the opening <laughs> is, as you said, very confusing. The first time I watched this, I legitimately thought there was an issue with the rented copy I had downloaded and I Same. thought that we had skipped like 10 minutes or something. Because we open, it's like, it doesn't feel that unusual. You're open with Clive Owen in the rain watching Breath of like... in media rose. Yes. <laughs> hey, Brandon, do you know what that is? No. <laughs> so we open with Clive Owen like watching an associate of his in a car who's getting information from someone inside the bank. And then that guy is immediately assassinated secretly. Clive Owen gets hit in the head by a truck. And he, he when he goes up, out into the road to like, that... I, I told Brenda this. I think you were in the other room during this scene. But yeah. I was like... That part actually really got to me because it's such a stressful thing of like these cars zipping around you. I was just like, no. I uh. mean, a step up from Brad Pitt and meet Joe Black, I guess. <laughs> yeah. but still, like, wait for the cross. I mean, maybe if like, well, I assumed it was like a highway. Or I assumed it was yeah. something that like he couldn't easily cross, which I guess does beg the question like, why would you hang around there in the first place? Like, yeah. why not stay closer to where your sister <laughs> yeah. was? Anyhow, I digress. So, anyway, it takes us a very long time because you may have noticed there's a lot of ramping up here, but there's not a lot of explaining of what exactly is happening, and we don't find out what exactly is happening. We see Naomi Watts immediately and she's in an argument with her boss about something. Yeah. We're kind of getting a little bit of pieces as to what's going on there, like why she's waiting to hear from Clive Owen, she's waiting to hear from the other guy who was with Clive Owen, but we don't fully know what's really happening until she goes to Germany with Clive Owen and they're explaining to some German, author German authority figures about why yeah. they do an investigation as to whether or not this They were like meeting a witness for this bank who was going to, an executive from this bank was going to defect and tell them all about the dirty deals they've been right. doing. And that's the first hint, because as soon as they drop the name of the bank with the Germans, the Germans they all like, like, they all like yeah. well, we're not going yeah, to just leave, this is not yeah. important anymore. Yeah. 
and it's like super shady. But that, even that moment is not dealt with like appropriately. But it's. But Ugh. even at this point, you still keep feeling like you're you've missed something. There's, well, yeah, it's, yeah. There's, from, even from there's that no, point there's on, there's no context. Like there's... there's a moment where they go to get to talk to the Italian prime minister guy before he gets assassinated, and they, they get into an elevator. And like we've this, we've seen them interact a little bit in Germany, mm-hmm. and that she, they, Naomi she, Watts and Naomi Clive Watts and Clive Owen, yeah. And and in the elevator, she's like, "Oh, you look like shit, by the way. Like, have you? When was the last time you've eaten? Like, had a meal?" And it's like. How long do you guys... How familiar are you? Yeah, like, what like, is the level of familiarity? Yeah. Especially when she goes, like, when was the last time you got laid? And he was like, why are you offering? And I was like, I feel like this isn't a conversation you have when you guys are, like, new co Well, see, that's yeah. the thing. This movie never clearly establishes the, the backstory between these two people, which, given that the movie revolves around them both kind of a lot, you feel like that's something you'd want to know. Have they known each yeah. other for, like, I, ten I, years? Have they known each other for, like, five months? I think it tends to make the... Because so many of their scenes are very character-driven, obviously it makes the core of those scenes feel very weak because we don't know the emotional states. Well, in the other thing, we don't really them. know a whole lot about them as characters. Yeah, we don't really know why we know that she's married. she wants to investigate Right, we know she much. has a kid. We, all we really know is these two people both want to do their jobs yeah. a lot. And it that's just, like, it seems like everyone in this movie just yeah. wants to do a job. And like, I, like <laughs> that's it's like true. that's a plausible enough motivation. You can have that as your motivation, but I don't think the movie really explains why this is that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, they clearly... Uh, Clive Owen clearly wants to do more than his job. Like he right, definitely yes. wants to. He's like, like kick flying down off the handle back. from like moment one. From moment one, he is so intense in this movie, and it hints at a deeper backstory that I feel like we only get a little bit of. Well, it's yeah. because you almost think whenever he's talking about his file, I almost expect it to be something like how he had like some sort of rage issues that right. contributed him to be like thrown off. Because like he is, as I said, he's pretty nuts from the get go. It's like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. You start off and he's already crazy. And he just gets like crazy. Yeah. Teeth so are always clenched. Yeah. There's Eyes are moment. always a little red and just. He really scowls. <sighs> he does a lot of scowl acting in this movie. There's yeah. that moment. That's as our picture. Yes. There's that moment. Uh, so like the way that the guy in the beginning was was killed was like some guy just like bumps into him yeah and there's like it's like a poison dart into his like the back of his neck like it is like traceless and so like later on Clive Owen's leaving the bank and like someone bumps him and he's like he just goes it's a woman he just goes and grabs woman by the neck slams her against the wall slams her against the wall and realizes it's just a woman who bumped into him right and he's like oops and like to be fair like that's like that's pretty like, close to the top of the movie. Well, too. no. What I was going to say is, I feel like when you're doing sort of a conspiracy thriller That's a type great movie, moment. like yeah, you need things like that. You need yeah. the moments where but, like, the guy is starting to suspect that anything could be something against him. Yeah, but, but like but to, at that to point, that he just like loses it, <laughs> and it, it's just. I, I don't know. I, I, I like Clive Owen in this movie. Yeah. I, I like the way he looks. He knows in this how to movie. do that acting he's, very yes, well. He's pretty hot. But in this movie. and he he's is. But I think he is. T- he's too big, and I want to blame the direction more than I want to blame him. How do you be- mean? Be- I, oh, I, I in performance. No, I, he's looking a little chunky, Chris. Um, <laughs> he needs to chunk. He needs yeah. to trim it down. Yeah, his bed bone is weird. He's been like, bulking. That director should have said, Clive Owen, follow advice and keep it tight. You lose ten pounds, or you lose the leading role. No, what I mean is like during a lot of scenes he is shouting a lot he is glaring a lot whenever yeah. he's having that meeting meeting with like the guy's lawyer he like walks into that room already like scowling and yeah. like glaring daggers at him right away which is like how effective is this man at doing his job ever if it seems that like the first time he meets someone which he's immediately like Clive really does have him. rusting scowl face he truly yeah. does <laughs> and not to be a broken record but I feel like if we had the context of a of a richer backstory for him that might explain this performance a little more yeah. but right. as it is no one else is really reaching reaching our uh, meeting rather that level of intensity that he's bringing yeah. so it makes it stick out even more yeah. it's, uh, everyone particular- else is very chill yeah. well I was going to say particularly the European actors in this are just they're very yeah. just sanguine about the whole thing mm-hmm. yeah 
Um, what did we think about, uh, you know, we've, I feel like we've explored some Clive Owen. What did we think about uh, Naomi Watts in this movie? I, I don't think she's, act to do, she's asked to do very much. Yeah, there's I, not, she's not given enough to do. She does a good American with. accent. She, I mean, she's always done a good American accent. That's I didn't know news. she was British. She's Australian. Yeah, she's Australian. Wow. Yeah. News to me. Yep. Um, <laughs> can we talk about the one guy who has the most compelling backstory? The who? Wexler. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I was also going to say the other thing real quick about Naomi Watts. Sure. Is that she's written out of, like, the last third of the movie. And, like, it makes sense in terms of plot where he basically says, hey, what about your, like, husband and your kids? Shouldn't you be worried about them? Yeah, but wouldn't them? it be great if instead of newspaper headlines, she comes back at the end? Yeah. Right. She physically does right. something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, like, it just sort of sucks that, like, there is, like, really one female character in this movie, and she just disappears. This movie's, like, what, two hours? Yeah. I wonder if they were like, by no means can you go over two hours, and so they were like, well, fuck. (laughs) Get that montage in there. That's what I was wondering. Uh, Well, there was that, and I wondered, was it, like, maybe the the official cut didn't have that, like, end credits feature, and then the the studio was like, we need more resolution here. Yeah, it's possible. Wouldn't surprise me. Um... Uh, yeah, so yeah, let's talk about. I forgive me, I can't remember the Wexler. actor's name. But, I don't remember the uh, actor's name. But yeah, Wexler. he's a character actor. He's from Eastern Promise. Probably in a, probably plays the same character Promises. in the movie. Promises. I I Just said one. it earlier. No, that was the prequel, Eastern Promise. The pre- yeah. Um, I always forget. As I, I said it correctly earlier, and then I sometimes just leave it out or get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, but he was great. But it's he's a, yeah, he plays the same guy in every movie. But it's a it's a good character. It's he a delivered, good guy he, that he does. Yeah, no, he delivers like a quality performance. I think. Yeah, yeah. he it just he really like it's it's. I know it's a stereotype, but he just embodies that, like, I've seen, I've been Jaded. through this shit. Like, like, like Russian. Russian man yeah. Who's like, who, he's, he's, like, been through the USSR, he's been through Paris Troika. No, my, my principles like, have been crushed. to live out his life and, like, just, like, to be as comfortable as possible for as long as he can before he dies. He, he, yeah. went, he went through those events so that when the bank was like, hey, do you want to do some, like, really illegal shit? He was like, fine. He just, like, extinguishes cool. his cigarette. He's like, let's go. It was yeah. like, I've... It's time. <laughs> sounds like Tuesday. There's that great yeah. conversation he has when he's uh, meeting the assassin to kill, to ask him to kill Salinger, yeah, where he's yeah. like, where he, they're like, how's he doing? He's like, well, I feel like I'm just waiting for my life to run out. And yeah. the assassin's like, well, if you want me to like make it a little snappier, we can arrange that. Yeah. Like, he's like, is this guy like offering well, a friendly assassination? And attempt. he kind of like takes it almost like. Like, yeah, maybe. Pseudo yeah. as a joke? I mean, was, I, I guess... Was, I, he was like, yeah, I'd want it to be elaborate. And the, the assassin's like, a finale. He was like, yep, a finale. Yeah. I guess it could also just be something that, like, the assassin is saying, like, would you like to get into the field in some capacity? Like, you know, like, would you like to have a more hands-on... Oh, maybe. ...sort of involved, which I guess, you, you know... Could you mean could, that it's sooner death. Well, what I was going to say, which I guess could inform his character a little bit for why he decides to go with Clive Owen yeah, to like Europe he's, in the end. Yeah, he's just been... Yeah. Is that he's just sort of, like, going through the motions, and, like, if he's going to die, he wants it to mean something. Well with a bang. And it yeah. seems like he gets his wish. He does, pretty yeah. much. Um, I do like the conversation with him and Clive Owen in that scene. Yeah, Me it's too. a good, it's a good moment where he he kind of goes over like because Clive Owen tries to give him the goods about like I know your story. And he's yeah, like, you don't fucking know shit, boy. Yeah, yeah. it also is. The I think it's one of the better. Story. It's one of the better written scenes in the movie. I yeah. think the dialogue in that scene is uh, it's, it's it's pretty solid. It's also the clearest information we receive about what's up. <laughs> yeah, but that you is also I mean? unfortunately when it, uh, it, it, in the it midst widens. of his good character yeah. stuff, he has to drop the bomb about like, by the way, it's capitalism. Yeah. yeah. By the way, we're entangled in everything at this yeah. point. Yeah. And it's not just one bank; it's every bank, yeah. and like, good luck shooting every bank. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
not to not to cut it short, but are there any other characters we want to oh, talk about? The sniper. We like the guy. Oh, I do oh, like the assassin. Oh, I do like the sniper. I'm sorry. Yeah. You mean baby uh, Clark Gregg? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was awesome. Yeah, he I, I want to know his life story. Yeah, he, I want a whole movie because he, he's like a pretty like incidental character until the scene at the Guggenheim, yeah. where like you think he's dead because he just got shot several times, and he like sits up. And he's like, yeah. he's like, help me get this fucking bulletproof <laughs> vest off. <laughs> that was the best moment because like he basically like there's like six guys bracing the Guggenheim. Oh, and we're gonna talk about it. And like the uh, the guy's like lying dead in the ground, the assassin dead yeah. on the ground, and then he sees like uh, what's his name, Salinger like sees the gun, and he's gonna try to go get the gun out of the assassin's hand. He goes and dives, but the assassin's hand comes up and shoots the guys he was going to shoot. Yeah, so good. And he's like, he's like, he's like, you dropped your gun, and he's like, no, I'm not gonna drop my gun. We're fucked if I drop my yeah. gun. Yeah, <laughs> you need me to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. No, get me out of this. I can't breathe. Yeah. Also, just like the way they like catch on to his game is because he's wearing this like crazy orthopedic brace yeah, yeah. in his shoe there was again there was good mystery bones yeah there. there was like that there was like the uh what was the other good clue the at the uh airport it's like well he had to get oh, oh yeah he, he had to go through the metal screening. detector so they would have he would have had to have taken off his brace that was such a smart yeah. catch i was like neat i mean the other thing too like i had said whenever they're investigating where the prime minister candidate was shot how they put two like flag poles kind of like in the bullet yeah. hole so they realized that one came from a higher angle and it's ludicrous yeah. because then clive owen looks through it and like lines up perfectly with where the <laughs> was. like it's a fucking peephole i know but um yeah. but, but it, was, it was like a nice little visual thing for them to immediately realize that like oh these didn't come from the same place like right. they're actually two snipers and yeah. i think honestly also this the scene where the sniper is trying to shoot the candidate it's a pretty effective scene because you don't realize yes. immediately that the other guy that sniper who is in the guggenheim is there to begin with because he's like he's above him in a different room where we don't see him it's also shot very interestingly they have yeah. um a great overhead shot where you just see the top of the sniper's head as he's aiming right and then i also loved the kind of push-in shots on his finger and on his eye and also his mouth when he exhales yeah those were all kind of really interesting un- that happens like a few other places. I I would love to. A have really seen that fun more. shot to see him fuck it up. I know. Yeah, horribly. Well, because it's also good because then like you see him, he shoots, he misses because the candidate like jerks his head back suddenly. Yeah. And then like immediately there's another bullet that comes out and you don't realize right away that this wasn't the same sniper. You just see like yeah. this was it cuts back to him and he's like, oh shit. Yeah, he immediately starts like packing shit up. So it's like, was it him? And then you realize later on, no, it wasn't. It was another guy. So like that was pretty effective. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. That's kind of it for characters, though, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So let's... Well, I mean, the real MVP of the movie is, like, the 10-year-old kid who's playing Go with his dad. Oh, God. Who suggests that if you're ever in trouble <laughs> and you dig, can't find a way out, just keep digging dig deeper. Dig deeper into that <laughs> shit. That part was so weird to me because it was like... Just keep digging through shit. <laughs> just the choice to have his son deliver that idea to him is so weird. The like, fact that his son is just, like, sitting next to him while he's having, like, a... a an evil villain conversation. Yeah. Conversation on Google Chat. He was yeah. like... <laughs> or Skype. Yeah. yeah. Google Hangouts in the yeah, Legion of Google Doom. Hangouts. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we were kind of getting into into this already, so let's just start there with the... Let's talk about some, like, the good set pieces. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the one good set... I mean, I'm not saying, like, it's the sole good set piece, but, like, the big one. The best. The Guggenheim. This yeah. is nuts. I, I paused it when I was watching it to ask you when I was watching it, like... Brendan, what the fuck, like, how, do they how do the this? fuck yeah. do they shoot up the Guggenheim? <laughs> turns out they didn't, they built another Guggenheim. Yeah, it turns out in Germany, they used the blueprints and, for the actual Guggenheim and built a fucking replica of the Guggenheim. And, like, they installed actual art. Yeah, yeah it like, looks 
It's the. It looks like the Guggenheim. It, yeah. it also looks fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it yeah. honestly, like, whoever thought to do a shootout sequence in the Guggenheim, like, should be commended. Because, like, honestly, it's really great because you have different levels. It's a spiral. So you have people, like, who are shooting down. You have people who are shooting up. You yeah. can't get to them very easily. There's a lot of clean visual lines as yeah. well. Um, it's all white, which makes everyone's movement look a lot more striking. Yeah. It is such an odd backdrop, especially in wide shots, mm. that it's... I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, there was a lot of, like, running down the ramps and, like, kids would jump down for cover and, like, yeah, there was a really great shot of, like, when in one of their pauses and they're, like, they, they know that there's, like, a guy behind the next pole and so the assassin, like, puts a wheelchair. Like, he, like, kicks a wheelchair that someone left, going, yeah. And then, like, when the, when the guy's watching the wheelchair go back, he just, like, leans around and shoots him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> That part was great. No, it yeah. was it was really fun. It was really well shot. It was different. It was something I haven't really seen before. Yeah, I and liked... what I liked was how bad uh, Clive Owen was at shooting at <laughs> yeah. people. Like he like basically like had his hand held by the assassin the whole time. Yeah. he's like at one point he's like looking. They're like looking at a gun in the ground. The dead guy is dropped, and they're like, "Yes, go get that gun." And <laughs> goes to get it, and the guy gets up and starts wrestling with him. And then that guy has to like he has to throw that guy over the ledge. And eventually the assassin just runs back and is like, "Here, I found another gun." <laughs> I liked all the business too with that like hanging glass projection thing yeah. Yeah. sort of down the center of it. I feel like that was, this is such a weird detail to push on them, but I thought that was really well deployed. I feel like smashing glass is something that they like, they, you get to a lot in action movies and I thought that was used in a really like cool restrained way. Yeah. Yeah. I was also just like the ambition to just build another Guggenheim yeah. to do this nice. is amazing. Yeah. It's um, great. I, I just keep, I, I keep thinking a little bit about this, though, because, Lee, you, you were talking about the poster earlier. The poster shows Naomi yeah. Watts and Clive Owen in the Guggenheim, yeah. which Naomi Watts is not in that scene in the movie. Yeah. It does feel like, it seems to me that there is a lot of push in the marketing for this movie to be an action movie. Yeah. It was. It and was I think it was based not. around that one scene. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not really. It's That's like, what I said it, yeah. before we recorded. I was like, I think this was the pitch for the movie. Yes. I think that like somebody was like, I want to make a movie where they shoot up the Guggenheim. And then we'll we'll build around it. Yeah. So I don't want to say that there are like not other effective action sequences, but it feels like that's not what this movie actually really is. No, it's it's, it's not... mostly like people sitting at desks and working. It's 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 clues. like I mean it's like a conspiracy thing. It's like yeah. you know, like a conversation or a procedural or something. It's really more of a. I mean, I think in its best form, it's a conspiracy thriller. Yeah. Yeah, but there, I don't think that the other. There are ways you could do a suspense and thriller with with an investigation and have it still be compelling and and create a tone. But I don't oh, think yeah. this movie creates a tone very well with the direction. No. And I don't think that it always follows the action very well. Like we we're, I was talking earlier about um, in the setup to the assassination. There's like that corrupt gendarme who like <laughs> is like getting past a package with the right, bullet or whatever. Right. And, he, and like he's being, it's it's like a lot of shots of like a, a flower seller yeah, comes right. off to him, and then he walks through a train station, and then he. And I'm like watching these big wide shots of like Italy, and I'm like, who is? Right, it's beautiful, but what am I looking <laughs> who am I at? Really? Looking yeah. for? I don't, I don't. You've just introduced this character to me two shots ago. Yeah. Right. Now it's like a Where's Waldo. Right. Like. And so it does sort of feel like if this were like a Hitchcock movie, you would be following like I think the it's thing. right because what I'm saying is like I imagine like it was the sniper who was shooting the bullets in the first place who picked them up, put them in the bottle, and wrapped them up into a nice little package. And yeah. so you would see the sniper like close up on him, then close up on the package, see him walking throughout the city, like <laughs> focusing on the 
the package, on the package right. passing yeah. it off to the police officer and at the end you like pull out and realize that a police officer has it yes so like that is it's a very clear way to keep the focus on what matters which is to say the bullets the police officer in the scheme of things is not that important no. it's the connection he yeah. has to the bank that's important which you get and it's a good reveal to be like oh, oh so the yeah. cops are yeah. in on it too exactly yeah. Yeah. like it's just I don't know it's that is a lot of the other shots are like a direction around the scenes where they're just sort of talking and working shit out. It's just sort of like again, it's like a TV, your movie you were seeing. Yeah, like, it, it yeah. feels like a TV movie in some of the ways that it's uh, shot. Sometimes it's just like it's procedurally. Like it doesn't yeah. feel much different yeah. from like an episode of Law and Order. It, it felt that way in the music sometimes yeah. too, where it'd be this. It, you kind of outwardly were also pointing it out as sort of like generic video game music, where it's just sort of like yeah. And I, I don't have a problem with that. It's like I can get into that in a video game too. Like, but it's. It was weird how, like, it felt the, like those, the different cues the felt like contextual things that happen <laughs> in video games where you, like, tap an item or, like, yeah. when you walk into the, the, you turn a corner and that triggers, like, the next, like, escalation of music. Yeah. There was that, um... Do, 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 do. Yeah, the, the cell phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's so like a sounds like a, like, like, do, 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 like that little like you, you you all know the one that it is. Yeah, <laughs> it, it sounds so much like it's to the point that like the first time I heard it, I thought it was a character's cell phone. Yeah. While they were confusing, I thought any time we were getting like those sweeping vistas of yet another like European city, I was just like. But I'm not gonna give yeah. a director credit for like Europe being beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Good you know? point. Like yeah. it's not Good hard point. to get. No, Good it's point. true. A, 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 an average I, I, DP to just get a nice shot. I did also love. I mean, even though I that end scene was sort of frustrating. That just shot of the like Turkish rooftops with that yeah. like large temple in but the I background. Think if you look at the filming locations and read up about it, I'm pretty sure that like one of those scenes, either in Istanbul or elsewhere, was like almost an exact ripoff of like a Run Lola Run <laughs> scene. Same director. Yeah. Or so he ripped himself off. Yeah. Just, just rehashed just doing greatest hits. These things happen. Yeah. Uh, well, what I was going to say is, as beautiful as Europe looks in this movie, I think. Um, it tends to look kind of samey at a certain point. The only, like, uh, the only other locations I can really identify are, like, New York, and what is it, Istanbul at the end where they are? I would also yeah. like to put in a word for, uh, Lake Garda is yeah. pretty yeah. remarkable looking. Yeah, so, but, like, for the most part, it just looks like a lot of kind of generic European streets to me. Yeah. So, like, it's pretty in the sense that it has that sort of old world beauty to it but it's also not all that remarkable or visually like it, it's not easy for me to visually follow where this movie is there's a lot of chirons that pop up whenever you're in a new city were it not for those chirons i would have a hard trouble telling where we were it's a good point yeah and there was also that shot at the beginning when clavo and or close to the beginning when clavo was climbing the stairs of that bank thing and lee's oh, reaction God. was like all right i get it <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's a wide, wide shot of the enormous bank and tiny, a tiny, tiny little man going yeah. in. I was like, okay, <laughs> listen, I went to film school too. Yeah, I know how to say things with shots. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it for for topics, guys. Yeah, I, mean, I don't have a whole lot else to say, honestly. But yeah, I, like it was. Unless you guys have more you wanted to explain about it being confusing, but I feel like the description of the package pass off was pretty. Yeah, and this it's more with the for stakes for me. I think overall, like I just. Uh, I, I guess I know I should be rooting for Clive Owen, and I know that I should think the bank is evil, And I, but I, I don't... It feels like I, it's asking a lot of me to just assume that, like, yes, I, the bank must be bad because of what they're doing. I want to see what they're doing still. Right. Like, I, I don't want to act like I'm in favor of bank-supporting terrorists, but, like, it's not enough to tell me. Right. I want to it's see a visual medium, the consequences of yeah, this Yeah, I, I guess I wish I had more of a context for how this would have played in 2009, you know? Yeah. Like, would this have been... Because I was... Unheard of to be yeah, like... What like, a bank doing bad things, my monocle. But, yeah. like... 
how I was telling you guys how like on Rotten Tomatoes, and I don't know how old this like blurb is, but it was something. It mentions like a preposterous story, and like it's I don't not, think anything um, about this story itself no, it's not, is it inherently seems, preposterous. It seems the opposite of preposterous. Yeah, I mean, this seems given. like this seems like the most fucking plot. Like, well, and it also happened. Right. This yeah. is the other thing mean, too. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Yeah, what is that reviewer's problem? Yeah, I have no idea. So, like, I, I think it was, like, I want to say, like, the Ebert review or something also called out the plot as being, like, kind of unbelievable or something like that, which, like, I, I don't get. Which, I don't think you know the, why they're saying that? Why? Because the banks paid the to them. Shit! We gotta <laughs> dig up Ebert's bones. Yeah. <laughs> Find the next clue. And then, well, like, you open the coffin, and there's nothing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's Siskel. <laughs> And Ebert's he's holding a note that says, it says <laughs> for, continue cracking open the bag. It says for Washington Lane. <laughs> <laughs> the next clue's uh, in the White House. Uh, um, well, yeah, it, it is weird to think like 10 years ago, did this seem so preposterous? Well, yeah, that's, but, like, that's the other thing when we were watching this. When they're talking about how like this is tied up in the government, I'm just kind of like, yeah, yeah, it would be. Like, of course. Again, I know like this is our 2019 jaded perspective, but like, <laughs> yeah, of course the government's awful. Like, like yeah. of course the government is tied up in terrible things. Like, y- you know, even when people you like are in power, it's never not involved in bad things. Right. I so guess we're also like... genre-savvy people that know that we're dealing with a conspiracy, and so maybe it, to some extent it, we're, we're always willing to be like, yeah, that's true. Yep, they're in I, I mean, like, the government's bad, the police are bad, right. the banks are bad. Everyone above you is bad. <laughs> yeah. And journalism, good. Yes. Except not anymore. Right. <laughs> not so much now <laughs> But, um... <laughs> One of, like one of the Used weird to be. yeah one of the weird things in this movie is that like Clive Owen is is like a character who doesn't realize he's in a conspiracy thriller movie because yeah, he's, he's, he seems so shocked yeah. by every development that's he's happening bewildered by every he's yeah. weirdly naive for someone who a works in Interpol and b has presumably pretty familiar with the dealings this bank right. gets into yeah my favorite moment is early on when he has his first interview with the bank's lawyer and he's, he's there's a discrepancy <laughs> oh, in the timing yes. that is like yes. he, this is what's gonna nail the bank right that, like. Chairman said he was dead. He's dead at six. He was there. The yeah, he was. He was at his him. house at ten a.m. or something. Yeah, and yeah. so like he's like, well, you just confirmed it, but at this report says this, and like the gendarme head of like German police representative, yeah. he's like, oh, may I see the report, please? <laughs> and then Clive Owen just like stares at him, like yeah, scowls at with like this bewildered, open eyed, like, while yeah. this guy like for a minute just like, like just looks so he's like, oh yeah, here, look oh, at yeah. this. This was a typo. Yeah, on a preliminary, how you say report? Yeah, the lamest like excuse ever for. And also like. I also feel like if oh, Clive Owen's wrong. entire case was hanging on that, he's not very good at his job. No. Like if, also, this, if this is the one thing that he came in, he's like, I can't believe you would lie about <laughs> what time I something happened. Can't believe you at. falsified a report. I know. Also, like no wonder Interpol didn't want to send him to go investigate this. They're like, it's just a time discrepancy. Right. Like, yeah. And so, like, I don't know. Maybe also it would be different. And he if, doesn't even argue, but he doesn't even say like, how can you file a report and then change it and then yeah. not have a record of that change? Right. Like, how could you do such a thing? Did, was yeah. it not recorded he doesn't even put up a we barely, no, we, just barely even, we barely even dwell there and so yeah. like i'm wondering if maybe like if there's a version of the story where he doesn't know that the bank is terrible going in but like he does know the bank is terrible yeah. going because then we watch spells it out like for us in the beginning so like maybe if it was just him like looking into something benign and he gradually starts to realize that like this is so much bigger than he ever thought it was it's also just it's emotionally inconsistent because he comes into this movie already wanting to, like, hound dog them over things he knows that they're doing wrong. So then this shouldn't be surprising, and or he should also be like, this is kind of thin, maybe we should, like, wait for something beefier. Right. Yeah, um, yeah just because... He, I just feel like someone who's already that intense about it just wouldn't be that shocked that they'd be willing to stoop that low. Yeah, yeah. I, I just... He, I don't know. He comes off as kind of a dummy, and... 
Yeah. Naomi Watts doesn't come off as much of anything. So, which is a bummer because I actually think that I would have liked to see them just work they, together a good the whole time. Harry Lee, you had mentioned something earlier. You talked about how, like, when you saw the poster, you thought that like Naomi Watts' oh, yeah. character. Well, you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I had assumed for that this movie was going to be like Naomi Watts is the one that I think there's like a one called the translator, mm-hmm. a similar thriller where she's like a translator. I thought it was yes. gonna be like that. Uh, yes. Okay. I thought it was gonna be like oh this woman has like stumbled into some crazy information or uncovered some horrible corruption and now she has to go to Clive Owen who's like who's the only chance of getting this news out there and they have to sort of race through the city and avoid yeah. capture while, like, getting this news out there. No, she's just, like, a lawyer doing her she's job. She's just, like, someone else who's also <laughs> doing her job who really loves her job, like Clive Yeah, Owens. and there's no, like, real danger that they're in. There's, like, I guess a vague threat of it, but it doesn't really ever feel that high stakes for her. Yeah, it's weird, because especially if you, if you like, if you if you want to write, like, a conspiracy thriller sort of movie, if you want to evoke, like, all those really good ones that we like, yeah. it feels like that's, like, an easy thing to do. Like, you want two characters who don't know each other going in to, like, find out that there is information that can help each other in some way, then it's them working together. Here, it's, like, them working together side by side, not providing a whole lot of information <laughs> to help the other. He, like, figures out the thing about, like, the sniper on the roof, and she figures out the thing in the airport. And, like, yeah. those are the two things that they give each other throughout You're this right movie. Here, that's it. Yeah. So it's just it's it's sort of like I, I don't know. It, it's so hard to get behind these characters because we don't know what they're about. They don't interact in a very well, meaningful way. And the way. bigger problem, the other problem I had with them, and we didn't, we didn't. It's not a big point. And I was like, Brendan, you you and I like had talked about this a little bit, where oh. like we felt differently, but yeah. like. I uh, was expecting that, like, there was going to be some sort of weird romantic tension, as is uh, typical for, like, a Hitchcockian thriller like yeah. this between, like, the two leads. I mean, literally, like, any movie. Like, literally, yeah, I mean, we have movie. a man and a woman having yeah. a Hollywood thing. movie. Yeah. But, like, then they, they give her, like, a husband <coughs> and a kid, which I felt was so weird, because then also she's very familiar with him at certain times. And, yeah. And she, like, caresses his face at the end. And, and, it's, and not it's, like, like, it's not like the family becomes significant in the plot no. or in terms of motivation. Well, I mean, the, the, the only thing a family does is it gets rid of her. It's it's like the yeah, device yeah. to move her out. And it's of like, the plot. And then why do you want to do that? I don't know why yeah. she's there in the first place. And when I find out that she has a kid, it feels borderline irresponsible for her. No, I agree to with have you. stayed in as long as she did when yeah. she finds out how many people are just getting offed, offed, off. Right. Yeah. Thanos no, just. I, I do agree with you. I think because I think it's one thing. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I was trying to explain this to you, and I don't know if I justified it well. It's one thing if you have a husband. It's another thing if you have a child. Because yes. if you have a child, like, this kid is your responsibility. You have to provide and take care of this child. Yeah. If it's just your husband, like, I don't want to say, like, oh, you're just losing your wife. But, like, it's just you two involved in this, you know? It's not like there is, like, another being depending upon the two of you. I yeah. Think- so, like, if she wants to be a little more irresponsible and it's just that she has a husband, I'm kind of like, well okay, maybe you should be talking this over with your loved one, but, like, I will allow this counselor. Yeah. I think the largest stumbling block to really truly engaging with this movie is that neither of its leads you don't know enough about them to invest in them as compelling characters so the things they do don't feel motivated so the things that happen don't feel connected so it all i mean it's it's tough i i honestly feel if we knew more about both of those people this movie instantly well i mean if i liked the characters more i'd care more about what happened exactly i feel like again they're the the mystery pieces add up solidly but i don't care as much right because i don't have anyone to follow but i think i think we get that buy-in if we actually get these characters fleshed out like before we get into fixes i do Mm want to also get back to the ending and because i i this is a sticking point for me is i just want to talk about how it ends very like abruptly on like he he can't he all of his hopes to like take down the bank illegally or illegally through through justice or through his own means fails. So he kind of chases down the chairman, 
Uh, and it, he's like, I don't know. I guess he's gonna kill him. He's thinking. Well, he has, about a, gun, it. he has a gun pointed at him. He's a gun pointed at him, and he's like, he's his sort of like shaking though, debating like about it. Yeah, but then someone else just comes and shoots him. Yeah. And then the movie ends, and I just wanna, I don't know, I wanna know. Yeah, like, I mean, also, I wanna be perfectly clear about this. The movie ends. Yeah, just it literally. Sucks. Clive yeah. Owen is still on the roof. The banker is dead, like on the roof next to him, and the other assassin was just like grazie and walks away. I just and want... then it like fades to black, and then we have the end credit sequence of the newspaper. We and need it, to know what it, the next moment is. And the end credit show like at least what Whitman is doing after this but I do yeah. want to know like where does his character go from here it almost feels like there's a little weird part of me that wonders if there was an ending where Clive Owen was somehow shot and like they had oh. to reshoot this at the last minute Maybe. Yeah. and so like the, head, the newspaper headline thing had already been done or something I don't know probably not but it does feel like he is like again like I said he is so unengaged in the ending of this movie yeah. that it's just it's it's hard to like, sort of he, care like, about if him. Whitman is going to do like a, an investigation is he going to help with that is he like off the force because of his like off Interpol, I guess, but yeah. like disobeying orders. I don't know. I want. I just want. Like it Some doesn't even. Justice. Yeah, I just want. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> if you want to have an ending for him where he doesn't get any personal resolution, that's fine. But still, show me one more shot of him and where what happens to him. Yeah, and and again, I I can't remember if I said this here or if I had said it before to you guys, but like there is a version of this movie where his character arc is someone who really who like tries to go outside like the realm of actual justice that he's used to serving and then realizes at the end that like that's not who he is and has to back down and that's and so then like conveniently the guy still gets shot by the other assassin. But like yeah. if his character arc is him realizing that like yes, this is not who he is. He is not the sort of person who would just randomly shoot a bank executive because he has some sort of bloodlust going through him at that point yeah. but like that's not what his character arc is no. he doesn't have a character no that doesn't really it's it's unsatisfying in that way we barely have a character yeah although Clive Owen is I find his performance to be like really engaging and magnetic it can only eh. take you so far if he doesn't have enough material again I think he's a good actor but he's I think he, he does it a little he, he, he lays it on a little thick he's here. certainly good to look at he's great to look at he is uh, who wants to start with their fix I'll go Leah I got this figured out go in ahead. the bag so we talked about the bigger problems that we had, and I think I, I think I have a way to address most of them. So I, the characters are not good. They don't. They, their relationship is weird. The context is missing. Uh, the bank doesn't have a clear goal in mind or a big thing. Uh, so here's how I would do it. I would start the movie instead of this weird Tommy guy who dies in the first scene. Um, there's the, still the executive, and it is Eleanor. Except I don't think it's Eleanor. I think it's um. I think it's a younger. Uh, I think I swapped the genders, and the it's a young DA, a young male DA, who is going to meet this witness, uh, who is an executive who's going to defect from the bank. And unbeknownst, this is a secret meeting that is not ordained by his department. Unbeknownst to him, an Interpol, a female Clive Owen Interpol agent, is, like, watching because he, she's been researching, like, this executive already because she knows that this executive is, like, from a corrupt bank. Uh, and she's the one that has been following this bank for, like, years and years and years. She knows this bank is some shit, um, but she can't build a case. Meanwhile, this young DA has got this, like, tip-off, and, like, nobody, like, he knows that no one's going to allow it, but this guy says he has, like, all these good goods on this, how what, what kind of illegal shit this bank is doing. So the first scene plays out very similarly, but instead of the DA dying... Um, it's the, it's, you just deal with assassinating the executive right there. Like, during the meeting, the, like, the guy walks away and gets assassinated. And then, like, the Interpol agent sees this. And so that's when they connect. And there's, like, a moment, maybe there's, like, a, a, they try to follow up by killing the DA who's just, like, been witnessing this conversation. And the Interpol, like, lady has to get him out of that. 
And so now you have a situation where it's a very much, it's a much more like Hitchcockian open of like, yeah. we have these two We're characters we've never met before. Yeah. Now we have to like figure out what's going on. And so they try to go to the police and, and say like, the Interpol agent says like, we have this witness who's a DA and like, I've been following this. I have all this stuff. And the, the same thing happens where they throw it away once they hear the name of the bank. Um, the bank is doing similar stuff, but I think I want to do what we, we were like hashing out, like what could the, the big, like the big bad thing be? Mm. And what I think I want it to be, um, because I enjoy big stakes and I enjoy Hitchcock thrillers, which we all like a big, deal with them. a big steak, a big steak, Orson Welles. a Trump steak, loved a big steak. Uh, Trump stakes, the best there is. <laughs> uh, but what I want the what I want the stake to be is like the bank to be involved in all of these varying governments, but getting like getting politically involved in like funding certain candidates who are all very like authoritarian, combative, right wing types, who are all going to get elected and all be isolationist and eventually declare war on each other. So the bank and but the, but also meanwhile the bank is like dealing in arms and so like they're basically setting up a situation where they're gonna like switzerland up for the next big war where like at the end of the day they're just like getting all the people in power who are going to buy all the weapons and then eventually something is going to blow up and like war is gonna break out and the way they're gonna need all those weapons and the bank meanwhile is just gonna be sitting somewhere in some like neutral country just mm-hmm. so like money. what the interpol agent and the da find out through the course of the movie is like this is what's happening like what is, they they see the powder keg building for that event, and they see like different elections like fall through or swing in certain ways, and they've got to get some sort of evidence that the bank is doing illegal shit so that they can stop it before it comes to completion. Wow, I like it. So mine actually has a similar thing too. What? <laughs> I mean, we talked about this. Yeah, as we did. I also, by the way, have elements yeah. of similarity so, with mine. <laughs> How I want this to startle for me is that, so I still want there to be that guy in the beginning who is assassinated. And this guy, I think, in this version is, like, a liaison between the two departments. So, like, mm-hmm. both Clive Owen and Naomi Watts know this guy, but Clive Owen and Naomi Watts have not interacted with each other directly. So, like, this guy dies, Clive Owen and Naomi Watts meet each other, like, for the first time. We, like, the, the movie will build up their relationship because this is the first time they've ever actually encountered each other. So... What they are investigating initially is that there is a small discrepancy with this bank where they worry that it's acting in, I want to say, like, what the movie refers to as a third world country without a whole lot of oversight. Like, perhaps it, it, it appears to be sort of, like, encouraging some sort of military, like, dictator in the Congo or something. And so it's, it's just something that, like, perhaps the world, like, the governments are a little wary of this. But it's not something that we're too, too concerned about. We find out later on that what they're actually trying to do is put, like, a far-right demagogue in power in the UK. And so they're, again, similar to what Lee said, they're yeah. building up to, like, this this much, much, much bigger issue. And so we go from finding out that, like, perhaps the bank is slightly a little bit shady to basically the bank is trying to, you know, control... Illuminati. Yeah, basically. It's, it's yeah, an Illuminati thing. But the yeah. bank is basically just sort of trying to control, like, how the government will be, you know, will be heading for the foreseeable future. Because then it's also just like, oh, if you put, like, this sort of, like... This this insane lunatic demagogue in power in the UK, and it's like, oh well, then you know Germany and France and the US will follow, and it's just sort of just like it's like it's this gradual thing for like a domino effect. So effectively, what they have to do is they have to expose you know the bank's underhanded doings that in terms of trying to put this one person in power at the end. So it's like you are working up to just one thing that you have to stop the bank from doing, but that one thing obviously has ramifications. But therefore, it's easier to follow for you as a viewer because you're just worrying about the one thing. Yeah, I like that. Uh, okay, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna tread some similar ground. Uh, 
so in my fix of this, I, I changed things up a little, where um, it begins with the assassination of a newly elected president um, whose uh, VP is essentially uh, in the pocket of this international bank. He was the head of a private... Um, you know, like one of like those Blackwater types where it's like a... Um, contractor? Like a contracted okay. military okay. mercenary yeah. okay. kind of yeah. thing yeah. Um, that did also did business with the bank to like keep themselves funded and they kind of backed his political career so that... Um, and this was all kind of planned out that they would kill the president who was a lot more... Um, Against what, against uh, yeah, the okay. bank, yeah. yes, and was uh, not in their pocket, aiming to fuck up their international okay. interests, mm-hmm. um, and try to keep their money out of the country. Uh, so, <sighs> Clive Owen is still Interpol. He still has a like personal stake to it, and I think I'm just going to upgrade it to be like he had a partner who was investigating this with him, who just got like wiped out and And was one week from retirement exactly we're doing some retiring (laughs) uh but he he already kind of went on this like ill-advised rampage that got him ejected Mm -hmm. but he has kind of on his own gone outside of the system to keep pursuing this although he has not injected himself into the situation yet nomi watts is an employee uh with the bank's like kind of newer american presence uh, and that's how they intersect. I think a lot of the other shit I would keep more or less the same in terms of, like, the mystery and the clues that they kind of suss out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, th- I wanted to try to ground it in around one specific event and goal. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it would be to uncover, A, the bank's wrongdoings, and B, their connection to the VP as a way to, like, neutralize him. Okay. Cool. I like it. A little, a little Manchurian candidate yeah. sprinkled in there. We all Can seem I? to be weirdly focused on like the political ramifications of something. Yeah, like this. Well, I wonder why that is. I wonder I, why. Why? It's why could this Can be? I, uh, add to me, it's one just thing. it's the most interesting and it's the most present. What? I just want to add one comment to what the reasons behind my fix. So yeah. I did end up. Tr- I wanted to turn mine into a Hitchcock thriller. I love Hitchcock thrillers. I love conspiracy yeah. movies. I really love them. But the reason I did the gender swap is because what I what I love about the Hitchcock thriller like formula, if you could call it that, is that there's always like someone who's like in jeopardy, or like and or like one person. There's always like two people generally, and like one right. person is more immediately in jeopardy and has to like tow the other person along. And because it, these movies were made in the old days, it was it's usually, usually a woman. A woman yeah. And I was like, I just I can't you in good conscience yeah. like do this. I love that angle, but I just can't. What if, in 2019 yeah. do that so I just decided like well the DA is a guy now yeah I think that's cool so that's like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think if there's like a movie that's really done a sort of Hitchcock style conspiracy movie where it has done the sort of gender yeah. flip and I can't think of one yeah mm. there's like things there, there are things now where they're like on equal footing like yeah. I mean R.A.P. was he cavalier but like <laughs> got cancelled but that was that a, that wasn't Hitchcockian but huh is that worth checking out I liked it it was okay. it was cute and fun right. it was like moonlighty moonlighting-y I do but, like uh, that show a lot. I love Moonlighting. But yeah, I just wanted to make it a Hitchcock movie. Well, I mean... A noble aspiration. Well, and, yeah. And, yeah, exactly. Well, and just kind of as Brendan said, I mean, I think it's understandable we all gravitated towards the political yeah. ramifications of the shit. 
Isn't that, it's a weird absence from this movie that that's not really. I, I guess mean, it was, I, we didn't care. Much. I was going to say Obama like, was in power. Yeah, yeah I mean, we I was, were fine. <laughs> I was also just going to say, sort of like, it was probably just like, I, I don't think the divide was as intense as it is now. Like, yeah. it was getting to that no. point, certainly because there was a black man who had been elected president. But like, it, it was not nearly like the, you know, the, the deep trenched insanity that we have going on right True. now. So yeah. it's just sort of like, uh, <laughs> to be in 2009 again. Well, do we have anything else you want to say about it? Would you recommend it? No. It's all right, but uh, it's not worth yeah, two hours of your life. Here's the thing. Like, if, if it's on TV, I was saying, it's like, fine. If you're in a hotel yeah. and you're watching HBO and right. this comes on, like, yeah. It's like, again, the Guggenheim scene. If you if you tune in tune and you see they're at the Guggenheim, Ugh. just watch until they leave the Guggenheim. But um, if you like Clive Owen's face, it's a good face it's to It's a great at. face for Clive Owen. Uh, but the... I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell someone like you must seek this out. No, and I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if I want to say that it is like the least troubled movie for me that we've watched. It's, but like, it's up there. It's though. up there certainly. Like I, I feel like I'll probably be overlooking are something. You, are you I saying say you're not least. gonna Richard Howe it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Richard Howe. Wait, can we? Little, please come on our podcast. <laughs> who is the top Google hit if you search for the international, international movie, movie quotes? quotes. He, he put him on his own. A movie. local politician who really likes the international <laughs> so devoted so a page of his website to his favorite quotes <laughs> from the international. He does not say fucking he though. He says effing. Oh, so so uh, Richard Howe of Lowell, Massachusetts, if you're this hearing this, this please, please reach out to us. We'll let us talk to you about the international. Um, yeah, all right. So um, hit him with the socials, Brendan. Wow. Okay, thanks, Chris, for passing that buck to me. I can never do it very well. I know you can't. Facebook.com slash whywatchpodcast, whywatchpodcast at gmail.com. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. So all right, we're going to buy it out. Back in two weeks. Bye. Episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.